Romans chapter 7 started out, Paul was talking to us about how when we came into this world, we were married to the law. So you were married to the law. Now the law uh, was someone that, as a spouse that always let you know that you were doing wrong. They were always right. They were right about every single thing, and every single thing you did was wrong, and there was nothing you could do to do it right. And the law was a horrible one to be married to. And he goes and talks about all of that, and he says, so at some point when you uh, gave your life to Jesus Christ, you're no longer married to the law. In, in, in other words, to be free from the law and being in that marriage, you have to die. So when you give your life to Christ, you die in Christ and you're no longer married to the law. So now you're free to marry someone else, someone else, the one who rose from the dead and has resurrection power to allow you to live an abundant life. So now when you get born again, you are married to Christ. And when you're married to Christ, now you fulfill the law. When you're married to Christ, Christ not only tells you what's right, tells you what's wrong, not only convicts you, but encourages you. But more important than anything, when you were over here at the law, the law said, you're wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And there's nothing you can do about it. And you are always wrong. But when you're married to Christ, when he lets you know what's wrong through conviction, when he encourages you through um, uh, when, he, when he also encourages you in all of that, he gives you the power and the desire and the ability to do the right thing. So, in other words, instead of trying to follow the law and say, okay, uh, section 32.563, verse 8, you know what? Man, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. What happens when, Bob, you focus on what you got to do? You, well, you try to, but you fail in the law. So instead now, he says, we focus on being married to Christ. We're in love. How many of y'all know you do crazy things for people you're in love with, right? All right. So we're married to Christ. And now, what do you want me to do now, Christ? And we do it. What do you want me to do now, Christ? And do it. And guess what you are doing? You're doing the law. Where there's two ways. That's what he spent the whole first half of chapter seven on is you can try to follow the law, but you're going to fail. We have a rebellious nature even. Again, we've talked about this before. Terry, you got a, a bench that says wet paint, do not touch. What are you going to do? You're going to touch it, right? That's our rebellious nature. Don't go there. You're going to go there. That's our rebellious nature. So, man, you focus on the law. It's going to, in fact, last week what we talked about when I brought my blower in, he, he goes on and tells us the law. He says, now the law is not bad. In fact, the law comes from who? And it's perfect. So it wasn't the law that was bad in that marriage. In fact, the law was a great mate. You were just a sorry spouse. That's what it came down to, and that's what we looked at last week. So it's a good thing you are married to Christ. Now Christ convicts you. Christ encourages you, and, and, and he empowers you to be able to do the right thing, and so we focus on that. Last week when we brought the blower, we looked at the fact that the law was like that blower. There's dirt on this floor right now. And I get bare feet. I can see. I see it on Bob's feet. It's bare, right? We have dirt on the floor. And how many of y'all are okay with the dirt on the floor right now? Right? You're okay. You can deal with it. The dirt's there. How many of y'all are okay with the dirt in your house? You okay? It's there. The dust, it's there. But if I were to come in with a blower and start and blowing it all up, guess what I do? I now reveal the dirt. That's what the law does. There's dirt in this world. There's sin in the world. And I preached on this last week, and I've got a lot to preach on this week, so I'm not going to preach on it a long time. But the, the, the law reveals the dirt like a blower would the dust in your house. 
You might look and say, everything's good. Oh, yeah, let me take the blower under your couch. Let me take it between the crevices if you have kids. Let me take it behind the TV. It's everywhere. It reveals that. That's what the law is supposed to do. And we have two choices. We can either either be okay with it and say, I'm just going to get used to this dirt. It's here. This dirt's okay. I'm going to live in it. And even though the the Word of God said it's wrong, the law said it's wrong, I'm going to live in it. And that's what the world has done. They've accepted the dirt that the law brought. How many things have we accepted in society that is totally against God? That's still dirt. That's the, and, and that's why nobody wants you to fire up the blower. That's why nobody wants you to start talking to them about the word of God until they got issues. Nobody wants you to stir up the dirt. That's what the world, don't stir it up. We're okay with this. This is okay. Don't stir it up. But the law, like a blower on your dusty house, will stir up the dirt and, and kick it up to where you either have to be okay with it or you got to find a way to get rid of it. And, and at the same time, if you don't get rid of it, it's killing you. It's killing you because you're sucking it all in. It, while it was all settled, you're sucking a little bit of it. But once it starts blowing up, man, you're sucking it all in. It's clogging your lungs. It's filling your sinus cavity. It's like, <gasps> and when you do realize that the sin of this world is killing you, that's when you go to Christ. And he is the ultimate, what is it called, Swiffer? <laughs> is that, is that the, the Swiffer? He's a supernatural Swiffer. How's that for alliteration, Jay? Supernatural Swiffer, right? And, and so you come to Christ, and he doesn't just sweep the dirt under the rug. He takes your dirt away. He pays for it. He cleanses you. He takes the dirt away. And so that's where we ended last week. He said, no, 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 man. You're talking bad about the law, but, man, the law is perfect. It's from God. The law was a great mate. You were just a sorry spouse. So in order to get out of that marriage, you had to die. The way you died is you gave your life to Christ and you died with him on the cross. Now you're dead. You're not bound to the marriage of the law anymore. But now you're free to marry someone else and you marry Christ. How many of y'all are stoked to be married to Christ? Man, Christ not only reveals the issues in your life, but he fixes it. So your life now isn't following a rule book. Your life isn't just trying to obey a set of laws. Your life now is following the love of your life. The love of your life. Stephen, you're looking forward to that, man? Y'all are getting ready to be married, man, and all that. It's like, till death do us part, man. Well, no, we're going, I'm not going there, but yeah. To love and to cherish, to have and to hold, richer, all. Dude, two are becoming one, man. That's cool. When you get married, two become one. And and just like we've talked about in premarital counseling and all of that, you know, it's no longer your way's right or your way's right. Y'all's way is right. And that's what happens when we get married to Christ, man. His way is right. We, we, We come to him and we follow him. We give our life to him. We do what he wants and he empowers us to do everything that he wants us to do. And guess what we're doing? We're fulfilling the law. So we started out by saying you're married, law, you know, you're married here, You've, uh, the law's not bad, the law just stirs up dirt, reveals it, and lets you know that you need to be safe. So the last part, man, if you weren't careful, if you looked at this from a world perspective, you'd say, oh, dude, I ain't coming to church today. This is a pretty bummer topic, right? Were you thinking that, J- JT? Yes, you were, man. He'd been, how many of y'all been reading this? You're like, oh, God, this is going to be a, this is going to be a great one. All right. <laughs> you know? So here's the title God gave me. 
for, for this last part, and it's actually pretty exciting. Life's a battle, and then you die. <laughs> yeah, and then you die. It's like, well, wow, that's not very exciting. Well, maybe the next part will get you excited, but, but when you die, the battle is over, and you can rest forever in heaven with Christ. And you know what that rest means? That rest means you, you have no more strife, no more. We're going to be working in heaven, but every job we get from God is we're going to be fully equipped. We're going to have all the resources. It's going to be a total success. How many of y'all have ever had a job that has been a success? Like from Erica, this has been nothing but your vlog, right? Success after success. No, you're just like, what do this? You know? We got to, Chuck, you ever done a surfboard from start to finish where it's just like, oh, this is oh, perfect? Not many, right? But it, no, and it, but in heaven there'll be one. If you get to shape surfboards and glass them, everything will be, you'll be like, oh my goodness, the resin dried right on time and everything just worked out perfect. In heaven, all our jobs will be perfect because he's perfect. He's giving us perfect jobs. How many of y'all have ever had something close to perfect? You remember something that really worked out that you're proud of? Jack, I'm thinking, dude, I watched uh, Book of Eli a, a couple months ago. One, one of Jack's claim to fame, man, Jack told me. He's like, you ever watch the Book of Eli? How many of y'all ever watched the Book of Eli? All right, dude, you know the machete? There's a machete he takes out. Dude, it's, shot. it's cutting people's heads off. Half, uh, whatever. It's, it, it's the, the blind dude using a machete, all right? If y'all know that, go check it out. Jack and his son made that machete. You're pretty proud of that machete, aren't you? Yeah, it came out perfect, right? And, and I'm just saying, that's kind of in heaven. Everything we do will be perfect. How many of y'all just get tired of failures, you know? You're not quite at the age where you're cooking waves yet. Too bad, are you, Sean? You know, big barrel like we had like Friday. You got the epic wave and everybody's on shore. Everybody's looking and you go. Yeah, you didn't do any of that, did you? No, okay. In heaven, you never cook waves. You never mess up your body. Yes. I'm just saying everything's perfect. So when you die, life is a battle. But when you die, the battle's over. There's no more battling, and now you can rest. And what that means is whatever God wants you to do, you will be able to do with all the success in the world. It will totally succeed. Nothing will ever be wrong, and we get to do that for how long? How long Rena, how long we get to do that? Forever. Man, is there anything y'all have been doing forever? Some of y'all feel like you've been failing forever, right? No, this is really the real forever. And it's in heaven. It's perfect. And you know what? You know who I'm going to be with in heaven? I'm going to be with Christ, but who else in here am I going to be with? Yeah, and you know the cool thing, Matthew? In heaven, you're going to be perfect. And you're not right now. No, I'm going to be perfect in heaven. We're, we're going to be in a perfect place with a perfect God, and that's all that matters. We're going to be with perfect people in perfect circumstances, and we're going to be there forever. That's why we take this battle that we have every day, because life is a battle, and then you die. But when you die, the battle's over, and you can rest forever in heaven with Christ. Man, as I, you're like, Revelation 4, where'd that come from? I thought we were doing the last part. We are doing the last part of, of, of Romans chapter 7. 
But I promise you this morning, before I was getting ready to get in my car, as I was studying earlier this morning and praying, God just says, look, man, I just want you to show this group today. I had no idea who was going to be here. Had no, well, I, I figured the surfers would because y'all got north winds now, right? All right? It's not that good as it was Friday, right? But, or, uh, but, but anyways, I had no idea. But God put Revelation 4, and I'm not going to go over it in great, great detail. I just want to get to the end, and I want to show you what we're going to be doing in heaven and why it's such a cool thing that that is our eternal home. Then we're going to get to the end of chapter 7, Terry. Don't worry. You won't get ripped off today. You'll get your money's worth, all right? And by the way, if your rear end falls asleep, man, you can stand up. You can do jumping jacks. You can walk around. You can do whatever you need to do because I pity you guys, man. There's no way I could sit as long as y'all do. Whew, man. There will be blessings in heaven if, you have the right, if you're doing it out of love for Christ, all right? Make sure that's what you're doing it for, all right? But I got it. God was like, no, you've got to take them to Revelation 4. And there's some parts of Revelation 4, and again, I'm not going to go on a lot of it because we did a whole Bible study on Revelation. It was deep, it was rich, it was awesome, and we took from the perspective that it is Christ revealing who he is as the exalted reigning Christ in heaven right now and what he has to offer us, not only now, but in the future. That's how we took it from that perspective. And so again, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail to prove to you that the elders of the church, I'm just going to tell you they are. All right? So let's go ahead and let's take a look at it and let's see real quick. All right? So in the first three chapters of uh, Revelation, chapter 1, uh, what you can see in Revelation, if you ever do go study it, just study it, dude. They were meant to just read this book in church one day. They, it was a letter. They were supposed to just read it. And everybody just understood it in one setting. They didn't pull every little part apart and go, like, oh, dude, who's the Antichrist? Is that you know? They, were, they just read it and took it for what it was in that. It was to reveal to them who Christ was. So you'll see a scene in heaven, a scene on earth, a scene in heaven, a scene on earth. Chapter 1 is a scene in heaven. John, John is on a penal colony. They tried to boil. The Apostle John, he's 90-something years old. They tried to boil him in cooking oil. But Abby, did he die? No, because who didn't want him to die yet? God didn't want him to die yet. Yeah, he had more things to do. So they tried to boil him and cook him, it didn't work. So they sent him to a penal colony called the island of Patmos. They sent him there to do hard labor and work. And on the Lord's Day, the dude's having a one-man worship service. I don't know, maybe he got all the other prisoners to worship with him. I really don't know, but I'll, if I care in heaven, I'll be able to know then when I look it up on Godflix, right? But um, anyways, he's there. And, and he has a worship service, whether anybody else wants to participate or not. And in that worship service, God took him in the spirit and gave him the book of Revelation. God re allowed Christ to reveal himself to John so that he could write letters to the seven churches, which is chapters two and three. And he could write these letters to these churches that are for real churches that are up in uh, Turkey, modern day Turkey up there. And... Uh, which is all Islamic, by the way, right now. But anyways, they were up in there, those churches, and it had a, a practical message for those churches of what they needed to get right and get wrong, you know, and what they need to be encouraged on. It has a prophetic message, I believe. It, it showed church history. If you want to go through and look at those seven churches, you can see church history, I believe, and see where we are and that we are in the last church, the lukewarm church where Christ is banging on the door to get into his own church. What? And in addition to that, there's a personal message for you. You read it. Ask God, which one of these churches am I? 
at this particular phase in life. And you know what? It might switch, and then you can see what encouragement you need from these different churches. So that's the scene on earth with chapters 2 and 3. First, chapter 1, he tells them, hey, dude, I'm going to reveal myself, and I'm going to show you what's going to happen in the future. So now when we get to chapter 4, he's in heaven, and this is where it starts. After this, after I wrote these letters to these churches, after this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open. Where? In heaven. Can you imagine? Hey, Jack, are you going to go like banging a door down in heaven? You're up there in heaven and there's a door. Are you going to like go bang it down? No, dude, not if you really see the glory of God. So God opened a door. If God opens a door, Emily, what's he want you, go, what's he want you to do with it? Go through it. So here he is. He's all of a sudden transferred in the spirit. I look, behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet. Now, again, I'm not going to all this, but... Dude, spoke like a trumpet. If I had a trumpet right now, and I oh, I saw your eyes, if I had a trumpet right now and I blew it right now, what would happen? Did everybody pay attention? Would he get your attention? And that's kind of what he's saying, dude. God is powerful. When you hear from God, it's powerful. So, man, the first first voice, which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come in here. <laughs> come in. You hear a voice in heaven saying, whether it's an angel or it's God or whoever, you hear him say, come. What are you going to do? Come. Yeah. He said, come in here. I'll show you what must take place when? After this. So he's showing them the future, all right? And uh, uh, after this, JJ. Oh, there we go. At once, I was in the Spirit. Why was he in the Spirit? Because he couldn't handle it in the flesh. Remember when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and he said, and, and, and Nicodemus came to him and said, yeah, man, you know, we know you're from God. We are the authority on religion, and we know you're from God because um, you're just doing things just different, and they're working out. I mean, it's just undeniable it's from God. And he said, you must be born again, meaning you must be born of the Spirit. He said, that which is flesh is flesh. That's all flesh can experience. He said, but that which is of the Spirit is, is of the Spirit. You can, only, you, you can only experience spiritual things if you are in the Spirit. You must be born again. He said, you can't understand heaven unless you are born from above. Your first step as a person in this earth is to get born again. And then you might start under, you will then understand what God wants you to understand. But from the flesh, you're not going to figure it out and say, oh, yeah, this God thing's a good thing. Let's sign up. No. You, so here, to see what he's going to see, God had to take him in the spirit the same way you have to be born again um, to be able to experience heaven one day, to be under, able to understand spiritual things because you don't get it in the flesh. At once I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne. What's the first thing he saw in heaven, guys? Look at this. A what? A throne. What's the very first thing? Dude, in heaven, man, I'm thinking, you're probably thinking, Grandma, you know, my husband, my, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not even making fun of any of that. Or like, oh, horses, I love horses, there's going to be horses in heaven. It's like, yeah, there's my dog. I, I'm not even going there, all right, because I could cause some big trouble right now with all that, but especially in this day. But what do you get, what are you guaranteed to see in heaven, Chuck, according to this? A throne. What, Chuck? A throne. You're usually sitting over there. You can read it, man. But all right. I, once I was in the spirit and behold, a throne in heaven. There's the first. A throne. Rena, what does that throne symbolize? Authority. It's God on the throne. And you know what? It, 
It's not some president that got elected or didn't get elected, not some dictator that had a bigger arm. It is God Almighty in all his glory. Is there anything better than that? No. Not when you know who he, that's what our that's what only through these battles that we have before we die. As we go through these battles, we start seeing how awesome, how mighty, how powerful he is. And he shows it. And one day we're going to meet him face to face in all his glory and be able to handle that for how long? And forever right now we couldn't handle a second of it. Man, it's a throne in heaven with one. How many were seated on the throne? One. That's God Almighty. And that's your eternity. One person sitting on the throne, which is God Almighty. So who out of everybody in the universe do you have to get things right with? God Almighty. Man, and so many people are schmoozing this, schmoozing that, brown nosing this, brown nose. I mean, it's, you know, every, just trying to make, oh, I'm trying to please everyone. You know what God says? God says you please him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything you need will be added unto you. You please him. You live for an audience of one, and he makes everything work out. That's what scripture says. It ain't hard. You ain't got to, you, you, it's not about pleasing. It's kind of like, and when you're trying to please everybody, it's like trying to please the law. The more you try to please people, how many of y'all, the more you try to please someone, the worse it gets, you know? Well, I just can't please. No, you please God. And you know what he even says in Proverbs? He says, you, when a man does what he wants, what God wants him to do, when God, uh, a man pleases God, even his enemies are at peace with him. Even his enemies are at peace with him. Not all. It, it doesn't mean they like you. It's just that they in your face doing stuff. They're doing it behind your back, which is way better than in your face. All right. So next time, oh, they're talking about you. Be glad they're not with a megaphone right in your face. How about that? <laughs> so anyways, I was in the spirit and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. So who's the Sean? Who's the only one we got to please? Exactly. And that's why we're married to him. We focus on being married to him. What do you want? I don't want to call him dear or honey, but if we put it in that, okay, honey, what do you want me to do now? Okay, dear, what do you want me to do? That's not, man, he's the almighty potentate. <laughs> you want to call him potentate, whatever. Almighty God, what do you want me to do now? And if we do that, he's going to lead us to do the law and everything's going to work out. So that marriage to him, that's all crucial. We Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteous. Everything we need will be added unto us. The throne in heaven with one on the throne. That's the only one we need to please. It doesn't matter if you please everyone else in the world, but you got a better chance of pleasing others if you please him. You also got a pretty good chance of being persecuted too. But that's what we're going to talk about in the next part. After we get through Revelation here. And he who sat there had an appearance of jasper and carnelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had an appearance of emerald. In other words, dude, he's trying to describe God, Matthew. <laughs> How's he describing God? Like, oh, yeah, he was this old man that had this flowing white hair and a beard and chiseled face. Is that what he's doing? No, he's, he's doing like Ezekiel. He's doing like anybody else that's trying to describe God. Like, oh. Watch, it's, he's just looking, man, around the throne. He, he who sat there, the piece of carnelian, these are precious stones, and around the throne was a rainbow, had an appearance of emerald. He's trying to make some sense, but what he's saying is it's pretty awesome. 
And by the way, God never did want us to know who, what he looked like physically or even, in fact, it says God is in spirit. I don't know if he's got a body or not. I'm not positive on all of that. I know Christ does. But God, what was the second commandment? first one was, Chuck, what was the first one? Don't try, don't have any other God beside me. Why? Because there are no other gods. And next thing he's like, it's like Emily saying to Skylar for her birthday, please don't make a statue of me. <laughs> you want Skylar to carve a statue of you? Why? Because he's going to get it wrong. And you want him to know you by your attributes and by your qualities and by your... Yeah, that's what God... He wants us to know him by his word. And the way we become like him is by doing what he does or what he's asked us to do. That's what it means to be in the image of Christ. Not the physical image, the spiritual image. So round throws 24. Uh, oh, did, did you just do that or did I do that? I did that? All right. Here we go. Um, I got to go back to three, make sure I got all three. Jasper, who sat there at the appearance of Jasper Carnelian, around the throne was a rainbow, had the appearance of an envelope. I did cover all that. Okay, let's go. Verse four. All right, here we go. Now, look at this. All right, this is cool. Around the throne. So we got this rainbow. Didn't even see God at this point. No. Didn't even see God. He's just like, there's a throne, and I know that's God, and that's pretty awesome. That's all I got to know. Twenty Around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders. And I'm going to just tell you, if you want to argue with me later or fuss, whatever, we can talk about this some other time or whatever, but I'm just going to tell you that's a church. That's you. That's me. Check this out. Look. Around the throne were, were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders. That's us. JT, where are you going to be from in heaven? Where are you going to be seated in that throne? I don't know if they're big thrones, and you got like, well, here's the Baptist, and here's the... No, it ain't going to be like that. Here, there's going to be... It's going to... I don't know it's big thrones, and there's going to be family. It's just, dude, there's thrones, and we're there. It's us as a believer. Terry, a million years from now, and I'm giving you credit for how long you're going to live, but a million years from now, dude, me and you are going to be sitting around the throne of God. Trin, is that not awesome? Around the throne of God. Anybody would like to be there right now? Would that not be cool? Yeah. That's way better than anything else you got going on right now. Uh, even your wedding. We could finish that up in heaven, man. I'm just saying. We're going to be sitting around the throne of God, experiencing his full glory, his full presence. There's nothing better than that. Oh, yeah, y'all got a wedding too coming up, man. Would you mind if Christ came back before your wedding? Sam was going, no. <laughs> yeah, I get it, man. I get it. I get it. You better hurry up. I'm just saying. Because, they're, dude, watch what's going on in Israel. Dude, he could be coming back anytime. There's nothing that needs to happen. I'd be getting married if that wedding's important to you. All right. Anyways. <laughs> Round the throne were 24 thrones. Seated on the thrones, 24 elders. Look at this. why I think it's a church. This is one of the reasons why I think it's a church. I'm not going to go a lot of detail, but they're clothed in what? White, pure garments, and how is the church referred to over and over in Scripture? We are filthy, and when we get married to Christ, He covers us in white righteousness, in His righteousness, not ours. And the church is always referred to as being clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their head. All right? 
This is crucial. Gold crowns on their head. These crowns are not diadems. Like, you're not going to be, Scott, you're going to have a, dude, I want, Scott, can you stand up just for a second? Super quick, man, just so I know you're really awake. Because he's in the military, or was in the military, and he can sleep while he's sitting and look like he's really awake. So he's awake now. I want you to envision Scott in a white robe, a white gown with crown on his head, crowns on his head. Y'all got it now? All right. Erica, don't forget. That is your husband's reality, okay? So, yeah, there you go. All right, you can sit back down again. We're good. White robes representing Christ's righteousness. Now, these crowns are not diadems like, oh, I'm the king of nothing, you know? No, it's not that. These crowns, it's Stephanos. And what Stephanos were, those were those wreaths that the Olympians would win when they won a race, when they won a battle, when they won a tennis match. When they won a baseball game, when they won, when they won something, they would get a Stephanos. So they would first be challenged to have a battle. And in this battle or in this competition that they're in, they were going against an enemy and they would win. Now, the Olympians would do it in their own power and their own strength. And when they won, uh, they would go to the Bema seat which is what Paul talks about for believers. The Bema seat was like where you get the gold, the silver, the bronze. You know, you go to get your rewards. Now, let me ask you a question. When they do that, Sean, they're like, oh, Sean got the gold medal. Yes, and they put the gold. Oh, but Savannah, if she wouldn't have done that, she would have got a gold, but she's only getting a silver. And then, oh, and man, you know, poor Cindy Cup, she just kind of sucking it up with a bronze right here. And, you know, is that what it's going to be like? No, that's how it's like, dude, they got the gold, the silver, the bronze. It's where rewards are divvied out. And so, so you get your Stephanos when you win events. That's the illustration that's being used. And what this is for us is every single moment of every day, we are going to be challenged with battles that God has designed. And according to Hebrews, he says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. But we got to believe he is who he says he is. And he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So these battles are there for us to please him. That's why they're there. And when we, we do what our spouse, Christ, wants us to do in his power and in his strength, and we succeed, what do we get? We get a Stephanos. Yeah. So what if you're over here doing it in your own strength and you just get beat up again? Do you get a Stephanos? No. If you're doing it for him, you're doing it with him. All right, what do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do? You get a Stephanos. And, and, and so how, how many Stephanos can you get in a day, JT? How many Stephanos do you think you can get in a day? Do you think God gives you an opportunity to at least get one Stephanos a day? Do you think you got at least one battle a day? How many of y'all said, oh, dude, man, God is setting me up. Hey, Ben, how many opportunities for battle, how many opportunities for Stephanos do you think God has given you in a day? A lot. Yes. How many of you would say, yes, my life is a constant battle? Yes. Right? Exactly. And, and we want to go, oh, man, God, take them away. Oh, please deliver me from this. No, God says it's an opportunity to please me through faith. And not only will you please me now and have success and become more like me and I get glory, but in heaven, dude, watch this. In heaven, you're going to have, man, and if you just took all the opportunities you had in a day, man, you'd be walking like this with all them Stephanos on your head. You'd need a Stephanos-like 
container <laughs> with wheels or something. I'm just saying, every day. How about your job, Chris? You got anybody ever challenging you? You ever got any challenges? You ever got people being a, yeah, challenging not? Yeah, you got battles. In every battle you win in his strength is another Stephanos. It's another crown with golden crowns on their head. All right, so check this out. From the throne came flash of lightning, rumblings of peals of thunder before the throne were burning seven torches of the fire, which are the seven spirits of God. That is the one spirit, seven is perfection. It's the completed, perfected Holy Spirit of God, which is who we have. And let's move on to the next one. And before the throne, there were, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal, you know? And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind, symbolizing God's omniscience and omnipotence and all of that. Um, not preaching on that today. And the four living creatures, each of them had six wings full of eyes round about them day and night. And they never, so around the throne are these creatures. And they never cease to say. Have you ever been around somebody that never ceased to say something? Yeah. Hey, you have somebody in your family. Who's in your family? You're a little someone, right? Just get rid of your brother. Who talks more than anybody in your whole family? Who? Selma. Yeah, because yeah, your dad looked at her, so I'm going with that. Yeah. All right. That's good. I would have never guessed that about you, but, you know, I guess. But, but that's cool. So... So here, these creatures never cease to say. What's another way of saying never cease to say? They never what? They never shut up. These creatures never shut up. But look what they're saying. They never shut up from saying. Everybody say this last part with me. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Oh, can you imagine that's heaven? I got goosebumps, man. I don't care if you got them or not. I got them, man. It ain't for being under air conditioner, man. I'm just saying, they never, forever, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Why? Because they see him. They're with him firsthand. They're with him in the right there. It's not reading about it, not hearing about it. And when they are in his presence, what are they saying, Abby? Just give me the first three. Holy, holy, holy. Yeah? And I don't know, somebody might have looked at you before and said, holy, holy. <laughs> but they look and they finish it and say, holy means set apart. Holy means different. Holy means awesome. So it'd be like us going, awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> in fact, for those of you that don't speak King James, that's probably what you will be saying in heaven. Awesome, awesome, awesome! Can you believe? And they, you never, they never cease to say that. The Lord God Almighty, so in his presence, what do they think about God? Man, perish, what do they think about God? The Lord God, what? Almighty. Chuck, watch this, watch this. I'm going to pick on you next time. Chuck, if he's almighty, how much might does he have? All of it, if he's got all of it, Parrish, how much do you have? None. None. They finally realize that in heaven when they're with him. Wouldn't it be cool if we could realize that now? <laughs> how much might would you quit trying to waste, trying to do it yourself? And instead, you just walk with your bride, with your groom, the Christ, and say, oh, God, please help me. 
Oh God, this is what you've asked me to do. Give me the ability to do it. You are the Almighty in heaven. They're just looking holy, set apart. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You are Almighty. I got nothing. That's what they're doing. All right? And it'll tell us what we're going to do. Oh, look at the next part. Who was? Always was. They see. You always was. There was no beginning. You are and you are to come. It's like you're the complete form of the verb to be. Man, always was, always fully is, and always will be. You ever worry about God not getting elected? <laughs> you ever worry about heaven getting overthrown and there be, there's a new president in heaven with new policies? No. You've got God Almighty, the eternal God, and he's there right now. That's what Revelation is teaching us now. That's, hey, by the way, what's he doing for us right now? Scott, you messed up, right? Did you, when, 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 the, when the, the Florida State quarterback went down, Last night, I know you're like, I watched, I was like, oh, dude, man, I watched that knee, dude. Yeah, I could even do the diagnosis. It was this side that got ripped up. All right, but I'm just saying, but man, did you think bad thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with that, man, but <laughs> it'll come back in a minute. <laughs> it'll come back in a minute. You got me distracted. I got distracted by that Florida State guy. Who was, who is, and is to come. All right. It'll come to me. I'll pick that middle wedgie in a minute, all right? All right, let's move on. Here we go. Oh, where was I going, Sean? Oh, yeah, what's he doing for us? Yes, thank you, Sean. Woo, yes. All right, way to pick that middle wedgie for me. Now, so you messed up last night. You like, oh, blah, 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 you know, God, uh, and, and Satan came right to the throne and said, ha, you know that guy, Scott? You know that guy, Scott? You know what he was doing? He just did some unchristian thing. He did some, he had bad thoughts. He did some, well, and I'm just making up, maybe you didn't. Maybe you were like, oh, dear God, the guy that just crushed his knee, please help him. You know, and, and oh, dear God. No, no, you probably have bad thoughts. And, and Satan was like accusing you and you, and he was right. You were messed up. You were sinning at that point. And at that point when you were sinning, what was Jesus Christ, our defense attorney, doing for you? He's saying, yeah, I know. I know Scott better than you know him, bro. <laughs> I've already paid for every one of his sins, including that one. And you know what? I've paid for it. I've taken care of it. I've taken the penalty. I've even taken it away positionally on him. And yes, we'll work on him to try to get him to be a little more spiritual when bad things happen to FSU football. But for right now, I've got this one covered. I got it covered. I've already covered it. So you know what? Get out of here, Satan. He's taken care of. Who was, who is, and who is to come, man. The one who always was, who is, and always will be. Dude, that's the one. He's our defense attorney. He's sticking up. We're wrong. But he's saying, I already took care of all of that. All right, look at this. And whenever, okay, so look at this. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him. So the living creatures around the throne, what are they giving? First, what are they giving God? Glory! What is glory? What is glory? Giving glory. How would you describe glory? Anyone? Great! Yeah! It's actually God-likeness. The only one who can actually have glory is God. Anything that is anything of what we can imagine is like God is glorious. So here is the inventor, the one who always is glorious and Dude, whenever the living creatures give glory to God, 
They're just, and they're never ceasing to say, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty. Whenever the creatures give glory, and we're going to see that they do this all the time also. They're giving God glory. Can you imagine, like, I don't know, have you ever met somebody and you really like them and everything, but then kind of they got old? Just think of me. No, I'm just saying. It's like, no, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You kind of, you know, it's like, okay, there ain't really that much more special to you unless you keep growing. And by the way, that, there's your marriage right there, marriage counseling right there. Keep growing, keep growing, keep the sparks going, you know, keep the sparks going. But you got to keep growing for that to happen because it don't take long to figure somebody out, does it? And it's like, well, that ain't really exciting anymore. Well, keep growing. But can you imagine, Terry? Can you imagine every moment for one year being blown away by God? Keep saying, glory. I mean, as, as much as you, you know, smooze Fernanda when you wanted to marry her and complimented her and all these, whoa, after a while you ran out of things, right? No, I'm just joking. No, because she keeps growing, and so you do. I have a great marriage. You keep giving her compliments, keep recognizing what's growing. But with God, seriously, with God, every moment, not for a year, but for eternity, we are going to be blown away. We're going to walk. I mean, they're awesome. There's another thing about God. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We're going to be totally blown away by God always. Is that a bad place to be? No, that's a great place to be. So the living creature is going to be even glory, honor. Honor is like, yeah, what's the difference between honor and obey? Honoring and obeying your parents. Actually, what is, what is obeying your parents? Does Keone ever obey his parents without honoring them? Yeah, dude, yeah. He, 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 he'll, he'll, he'll do what you want him to do, but, you know, I, but... Honor is like, oh, that's the right thing. I, I got to tell you about the Christmas tree yesterday. Uh, we, we had a nice lesson, and uh, it ties into the next message somehow, because I think we're only going to get this far today. But, but in this, uh, Keone was livid that they decorated the Christmas tree without him. Oh, my goodness. You could not have just deflated his balloon anymore, and I hope you feel terrible about it. After you posted, oh, I love posting the Christmas decorations, and this is the Keone looks like goes, what the heck? <laughs> no! And he was at our house, and I'm just like, and, and, and I walk out, and, and I'm like, what's wrong with Keone? And Linda's like, well, he uh, found out they decorated the Christmas tree without him. He's like, ah! And I'm just like, all right, Keone, let's go to Home Depot. Let's get stuff on your skateboard. Let's do something else. And, um, and, and he says, well, Mia says, we're going to decorate your Christmas tree next week. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. He's like, and my parents aren't going to get to decorate any. <laughs> they are not going to get to put a single ornament on the tree. They're going to have to sit there and watch in misery like me. Literally, he's, he was communicating that to me. They're going to have to watch. It's, I said, why would you do that? And he said, oh, it's payback. <laughs> I was like... We're going to have a long trip to Home Depot and Walmart getting pain here. And so we get in the car, and he's serious, man. He's thrilled. He's, uh, don't ever do it again, okay? Don't ever do it again. I'm just saying don't, especially when he's over my house. But anyways, but no, it was a great teaching opportunity because at that point, we get in the truck, and I look at him. I said, Keone, you know, Jesus says we're supposed to treat others the way we treat 
And he said, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> and he said, yeah, my mom just showed me how she wanted to be treated. <laughs> she wants me to decorate the tree and not let her decorate any of them. I said, no, 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 that's not it. Now, how many of y'all ever thought that way? I'm just saying. Y'all look at this kid. The kid reveals your heart, right? He said, no, she just showed me how she wanted to be treated. I ain't letting her touch a single ornament. I'm like, no, no, okay. it's not you treat them like they treated you. I said, how would you like to be treated in this? Well, she would have just let me decorate the tree with them. I'm like, okay, so that's what you want. So how about letting her do that, you know? So you better decorate some next week, all right? You better be there. Because we went through the whole process, and, and then every place we went, Home Depot, everywhere, somebody's like, well, that was nice. Somebody left their garbage all on the thing like that. And I looked and I said, well, you know, nobody's got any home bringings anymore. Nobody's teaching anybody how to do stuff like that. He said, well, they should, that isn't, I said, is that the way you would like things left? She said, no. And I said, me and my grandson, we've been talking about that, treating others the way you want to be treated. And we got to bring it up everywhere over and over again until I think he has the point now. I think he's got the point now. And I said, glory. <laughs> and I gave him honor, all right? Because he did the right thing. He did what God wanted him to do. And I'm just sort of trying to tie this back into the message here. That's all I'm doing. I, I, that story just was a mental diversion that somebody is going to need. Because somebody here is going to do something. And you're going to just say, like, well, they just showed me how they wanted to be treated. No. no. So anyways, whenever the living creatures give. But when I saw Keone doing the right thing, it was like, cool glory and and you know what keone that was a good thing that's not how you feel but this is a good thing what you're doing right here that's honor because he deserved it in that moment when he finally turned the corner and it wasn't just to get you back it wasn't we switched from payback to all right i'm gonna show her what's important you know how how i would like to be treated by the way i treat her <laughs> so pay attention next week, all right? I'm just saying. And I'm not saying you're a horrible parent, but it was just, oh, it was just funny how the whole thing went down. It was, it was great. Because Ashley, if y'all go back and look at her post, she's like, oh, I just love putting Christmas ornaments up and looking at the pictures that remind me of what a beautiful family I have and all the great memories and see. Meanwhile, Keone's like, die, Christmas tree decorator. I'm like, but we got it straightened out. And he acted now like God. That's glory. How many of y'all could use some glory moments in your life? How many of y'all can relate to Keone? Can anybody relate to Keone? All right, thank you. So I'm just, I, I do know where I was going with that part. It's just, there's so few glory moments in our lives. We're like, whoa, that's cool. Watching somebody act like God wanted them to act in a situation. And, and, and having so few moments where we can actually give honor to somebody in a situation. But man, these guys around the throne, and it's, you're going to see it's us too, are going to give glory and honor to God. When? All the time. We're going to see who he is. And is God going to be different in heaven than he is right now? No. So the more we know God and who he is right now, the more honor and glory we give him. And how many of y'all could use some of your time for giving God glory and honor instead of what you're doing with your time right now? 
How much of our time is moping around? How much of our time is fresh being frustrated with everything going on? How much of our time is grumbling and complaining and all these other things? When instead, man, look for what God is doing and giving Him glory. Sean, did you get to surf any of those waves? Friday, you didn't? I will glory. You were probably doing some adult responsibility, man. And that's how you know you're getting older, bro. <laughs> the next way you'll know is when you go and your body is like this <laughs> from all the injuries of being crushed by those big barrels. But Gary, Gary looked at it from his balcony. What'd you tell me, man? He surfed all day long from his balcony. <laughs> man, it's so good how you can ride him in your imagination, you know. But he gave God glory. Oh, yeah, to show you what you were missing. <laughs> yeah, because it was better off his balcony. Ah, oh, good. But give God glory. There's always things to give God glory about. So anyways, whenever the living creatures give God glory and honor and thanks to him, look what they're giving him. Glory, honor, and thanks. And by the way, this is as far as we're going today. If you want the actual Roman stuff, you'll have to come back next week. But um, I'm prepared for that, all right? No, but the glory, honor, and thanks. How much, uh, man, Steve, you were talking about all the different things going on right now, man. If you can look for opportunity, ask God, God, what can I give you glory for in this? God, how can I honor you in this? God, how can I thank you? In fact, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, 6, and 7, he says, worry about nothing, have anxiety about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and supplications, telling God what you'd like to see happen in, a, in the deal. And then with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to him. Saying, God, why should I be grateful for this situation that's bringing me anxiety? And, and with that thankfulness, he says, then the peace of God Peace of God, how valuable is that, Chuck? It's worth protecting. It's worth not letting anything steal your peace because then the peace of God, your circumstances don't change, but you've got peace from God. It will guard, preserve your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. But it starts by praying. And, and again, you find anxiety, thoughts of anxiety in your head. And, and when that is, let that target trigger you to, to pray. Because what's the difference between prayer and worry, y'all? Who you're talking to, exactly. So guess what? You're worrying, and it's sin. How many of y'all sin by worrying? How many of y'all admit? I, don't know if you, I want to see your hands. Just say, I'm a, I'm a sinner, worrying sinner, man. Yeah. All, it's, you go from sin, and now you talk to God, and now it's like, you, all of a sudden, it's glory. You go, all you got to do is bring God in the conversation, and now it's the right thing to do. So take whatever you're talking to yourself and your buddies about and all of a sudden start talking to God. That's, that's prayer. Supplication, tell God what you'd like to see happen in this matter. A lot of times we don't even know. But tell him what you'd like to see happen and let him work that out through you and with you and in you. And then ask him why to be thankful for the situation bringing you anxiety and let him do that over and over again. He says he won't necessarily change your situation, but he will give you peace. And the only thing to worry about is that you're not worrying. <laughs> How many of y'all are still going to worry? Yeah. How many of y'all are, I'm worried that I'm not worrying. I should be worried about this. Huh? But at least now you're worried about the right thing, huh? you know, and not about that. He protects and guards your heart, which is your desires and your mind, where you make mountains out of molehills that we would get to if we were going to go into Romans chapter 7 today, which we're not, all right? But man, Honor, look what he's giving, they're giving God. Glory, honor, and thanks. It's the same God. 
Only here, they're in perfect harmony with him. They are there, and, and, and we have him living in us. We can look to give him glory, honor, and thanks. To him who is seated on the throne, and how long is he going to last for you all? We're almost done. Forever and ever, so we don't have to worry about any elections. We don't have to worry about any overthrows, anything. It's a system that's going to per- keep battling now. Remember, every battle you have that God gives you is an opportunity to get another crown. And I'll show you what we're going to do with those here in just a second. We'll end. <coughs> Look at this. So the 24, so, all right, go back, go back one. Okay. And whenever the living, oh, too much. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever. So whenever they're doing that, watch what we do. Next one, Dave. Help me out. Did your button not work? Give me the next one. Oh, oh the, okay. So whenever that they're doing that, look at this. The 24 elders. Who's the 24 elders? Let me see your hand if you're a 24 elder. You're in heaven. You're a 24 elder, one of the 24 elders. You're going to be around thrones. So whenever these creatures give God glory, honor, and praise and all that, the 24 elders, what do we do? What are we going to do at that point? Bob, what are we going to do? We, look at, well, it says we're going to fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. All right, so how often are they going to be doing their thing? All the time. And whenever they do it, that's our cue to do what? Tara, that's our cue to do what? We fall down with them and we worship. So we're constantly worshiping. Now look at this. They cast their crowns before the throne. So the battles you have right now, how many of y'all got battles? Ben, you got lots of battles? Guess what? Every battle that you get tomorrow or today even or even right now, man, you guys probably got battles enduring this. But, dude, we're almost done here. And, uh, Every battle you have, you do what God wants you to do in that battle. You get a victory. And, and is it a victory because you had enough stamina, Jack? You had enough strength? You had enough gumption to say, oh, I'm going to do it God's way? Rena, is that how we win the battle? No. Who gave us the strength, the gumption, the desire, the ability to win that battle? God Almighty. So guess what? When you win a battle, you win the Stephanos. But look what's going to happen at some point. And this is what I believe we're going to be celebrating in heaven. It says when they go down and worship, they cast their crowns before the throne. Every, this is what we're going to be doing. And on this day, Terry Sturgill, he was able to do this for this amount of time and did like God. And Terry's got a crown. And is Terry going, yeah, I'm the best. I'm awesome. No, he's like. What he's doing is taking the crown and saying, oh, my goodness, God, if it were not for you, this is what I would. Everyone's like, yeah, we know, but this is what I did because of you and your grace, God. And you throw a crown down. And then as soon as he throws that crown down at Christ's feet and Sean on this day with epic waves did stole responsibilities and did not go serving. And it was only because of the grace. And, and I'm probably wrong. You probably just got sick or something. I don't know. But I'm just I'm just going with my illustration. And on this day, he made the right decision and, and, and babysat his kids or something. And it, here's the Stephanos. Woo! And you lay it down and like, we know that's God because in my strength, I wouldn't have done that at all. And, 
everybody. And then Chris, oh, at work, man, he had this. And instead of welding some guy's mouth shut, he had <laughs> with a welder. He, man, he did this. And, and, and on this day, perish. Oh, on this day, God gave her grace to make this decision instead of the one she was going to make. And boom. And so you, uh, you see, would that not be cool? And JT, woo! Hey, we're going to let JT go twice. Woo! And, and third time, woo! And, and uh, man, so do you see what heaven can be? Every, and so where do you get the crowns from, y'all? You get them from God, but you get them from winning a victory. Where do the victories come from? They come from the battles that you're bringing with you into here and that you're bringing, you have in life. They're there by God's design so that when you accept his grace, I want you to do now. First of all, everybody's blown away and you become more like God. And when you become more like God, especially if you're like Selma, man, you become more like God, the talker in the family. I, 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 know, where, I know exactly where you're at in all that. But man, so when that happens, God gets the glory. But later, later when we're in heaven, and on this day, Selma could have said this, but she shut up. Woo! And, and, and they're like, yeah, that was a miracle. <laughs> you know? Do you get what I'm saying about, about battles, y'all? That's what we're supposed to be studying. In here, he says, you know, life's a battle. And then you die. But when you die, you go to heaven and you spend eternity with Christ. And you have perfect peace in all of that. Right now, we have battles. We have battles. And if the more you live for Christ, the more battles you're going to have. I can't tell you how many people. I can look in here. And I can look at CMPC seats of people that aren't in here. I can go over 30 years in ministry and watch when somebody said, all right, I've had it. I am now going to give God 100%. I am going for it. I'm all in with God. All in. No halfway anymore. And guess what you're going to have right away? Battles. 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 They're not there to destroy you. They're there to get rid of the impurities and perfect you. Satan would love to destroy you with them and get you to quit and never make that kind of commitment to God again. But God is allowing you to have that battle to make you stronger. Like paddling out on them tough days, man. Right, Marley? Can you get out on those days now? I'm just, you know, El Nino, right? Is that what you called him, man? A little, little no. <laughs> I saw that little air you got, man. That was nice air. But yeah, could you always paddle out in that? No, no. I'm talking when you were in Euro, could you paddle? Now, I know you were swimming around in water there, but no. When you were first born, you couldn't paddle. You had to build up your strength and build up your strength, and that's what God's doing through these battles. He's building up your strength if you accept them and do it His way. And then when you succeed, he gives you a Stephanos. And you know you can do it, but in heaven one day, I believe those Stephanos are going to be taken off and placed at his feet. And during that tough time, he's going to announce, and on this day, Steve and Chrissy, and I, man, this is what happened. And oh, it's only because of you, God. And he gets the glory. How many of y'all want to be throwing some Stephanos down in heaven? Yeah. That's part of the reason we have these battles. They cast their crown before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power. Why? Glory, honor, and power, because you're the one who got me through every one of these battles. You're the one who 
who gave, it builds your faith. You're the one who got me through every one of these situations in life. Worthy are you, Lord God, to receive glory and honor power. Because if you can do that through me, man, how many of y'all know, Brandon, if God can do it through you, he can do it through anybody, can he? And I'm right there with you. You know, worthy are you, O Lord uh, God, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things. So if he created all things, did he create your battle? Yeah, and why did he create your battle? According to Hebrews, without faith it's impossible to please him, so he's given you an opportunity to please him. And he'd be more than pleased for you to show the world what it's like to have a big God living inside of you. And he'd be more than pleased in eternity to be able to say, and Tara... She stayed married to Chris for this long. <laughs> I'm messing with you, bro. You know, in heaven, it's going to be a celebration, a worship service. Next time you're battling, man, think about the opportunity you have to please him now. But to be part of that. Man, sports banquets. <laughs> You've been a part of sports banquets. You know, and you're like, oh, God, they're only on soccer now. They're going to get lacrosse like in two hours from now. Heaven for eternity. It's going to be one exciting thing after another of things we celebrate on victories. So worthy are you, Lord God, to receive glory, honor, and power for you created all things. And by your will, they existed and were created. So check that out. Who, who created your situation? God. And why is it created? By his will. They exist and were created. And what he wants out of it is glory. And he wants you to become more like him. So, we aren't going to get this next part, obviously, because you all got to eat. I'm hearing your stomachs growling right now. All right, let's pray. Father, um, sometimes a battle seems to be a lot. Um, Father, even this morning, I battled you over this because I was so ready to preach on the last part of Romans chapter 7. And, um, but at the last minute, you threw in Revelation chapter 4. I, I pray that your word was communicated. I pray that everyone here, by the power of your Holy Spirit, heard something that they need to apply to their lives. You knew who would be here, including me. You knew what we need to hear. You knew what we need to write. So, Father, um, I pray that as we are challenged every day, as we have battles every day, Father, that we would realize those battles come from you and they're there as opportunities to please you. If we will believe you are who you say you are and believe you reward those who diligently seek you. Father, can't wait for that awards banquet in heaven that's just going to go on forever. All of the saints through all the history that have won victories, every single victory ever won, was because of you and you will get the glory and we will gladly give you the honor and the praise and the worship for all of that so father i pray that we would uh, not be discouraged by battles i pray that we'd not get beaten down by battles but again i would pray that you know we would realize that you know when to rest us and you know when to test us i pray that we would just simply seek to please you, Christ, the one we're married to, and doing what you want us to do, and realizing you're going to empower us all the way through it. And when it's over, we're going to do the right thing because of you. That's going to blow us away. And when others see that, they're going to know that that's you, and that's going to blow you away. 
because you're excited about that. But Father, you're going to be the one who gets the glory out of all of it. So Father, um, I pray that in each battle we face, that we would not see them as insignificant and something we need to just pray away, but something we need to fight through, like we're going to learn next week, as Apostle Paul tells us. But there's a reason we fight, and it's for your glory. And it's going to be celebrated in heaven as it's celebrated now. And so, Father, um, help us see life from your perspective. And not miss what you want to accomplish in each of the battles that you uniquely put in our lives. Do something so supernatural, only you can get blamed. And if there's somebody here that's never given their life to Christ, they don't know that you live inside them. They don't know that they are empowered by you. Father, I pray you give them a desire. They can't refuse to surrender everything they know about themselves to everything they know about you. And then let's know. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.